Hey guys, before this episode starts, I do want to apologize for how choppy and how it doesn't flow as well. We had a ton of technical difficulties trying to record this episode. Um, it just kept on stop recording. Um, stuff that was out of our control, really. So we just had to kept on keep on restarting our recording. Um, as we mentioned in the podcast, Nick will be moving closer to me. So... We will be able to just record in person, hopefully soon. Uh, Once again, I'm so sorry for it sounding so choppy. Um, But let's get this episode started. Thanks for all the support, guys. Hope you enjoy. God damn it. What's up, you guys? This is our third time attempting this fucking recording of technical difficulties with Jake and Nick. Jake and Nick. Uh, it. This is awful. I think it was the new phone. I'm not sure what's happening. Uh, we're going to figure it out. Fifth time the charm. So, Well, with you moving closer to me here soon, it's going to be way easier than I can just bring over my laptop and microphone and we can just fucking do it in your apartment. That will be way easier, yeah. You don't have to do it over this fucking phone bullshit. Uh, anyways, We're not going to do an introduction. We'll do that after this because we're trying to get through this fucking segment quick as possible. Uh, Let's hand the phone off to Jimmy. Let's do this mock draft. Let's go. NFL mock draft. One round only. Action. Jimmy, introduce yourself. (laughs) What's up? I'm Jimmy. Uh, I have a YouTube channel. It's at James Noble. Make sure to sub. I do all football stuff related. Um. I might create a second channel to do other stuff, but not yet because I'm too lazy to do that. And, But it's all um, NFL-related, whether it be tier ranking videos or mock drafts or anything of that nature. Um, all right. I'll let you go first with your first pick. All right. With the number one pick, I got the Jags taking Trevor Lawrence. I think it's kind of hard to mess this up for Jacksonville. In my opinion, and a lot of people's, he's the best QB in the draft and one of the best prospects of all time. So I think him going number one is a lock for the Jags. He is also my pick to Jacksonville as the first overall pick. He is my second ranked quarterback though, but I think one and two are, you can flip them either way. And uh, you're getting a, you know, future pro bowl every year kind of player. So. Yeah. With the second pick, I got the jets taking Zach Wilson. I think that's a good pick for them. Cause Sam Darnold, you know, hasn't been you know, the greatest in New York as we've seen. And they're probably going to trade him. I think they can get something decent out of him. So I think going Zach Wilson's the obvious pick again here for the Jets. I completely agree. He's my number one ranked quarterback. Um, I compare him to the high end. He's going to be Aaron Rodgers. Low end, he's like Baker Mayfield, but like with the arm of Aaron Rodgers. Um, He can make every throw. Sometimes he thinks he can make even impossible throws. But, I mean, we've seen Patty Mahomes do that. I'm not comparing him to Patty, but – He's that kind of arm talent that uh, could really pull the Jets out of this dumpster fire they've had for the last 40 years. Yeah, and they've been making some moves in free agency, so. They have. I like uh, some of the some of the picks or some of the free agent signings they've had are actually pretty impressive. I'm surprised people actually want to go there. It's kind of shocking. They got a lot of money to pay. They paid Corey Davis like $12 million <laughs> a year for one good year, so. <laughs> yeah. That's not the greatest, but hopefully he does good with Zach Wilson or Darnold. Yeah. 
with the third pick, I got the, the Dolphins are on the clock for the Texans pick. I got them taking Jamar Chase, the receiver out of LSU. I think giving Tua some weapons is what they need to do. And they also, I mean, you could also go with Sewell here, but I have them going with Jamar Chase. I got Jamar Chase from LSU also. A lot of people are on the Devontae Smith bandwagon. He's from Bama. He's the Heisman winner. But I think Jamar Chase is the best wide receiver we've seen in a couple of years. He's he's a freak. Six foot, what is he? He's six foot 208. So he's a medium-sized receiver. Uh, I'm not sure Miami will be picking here, honestly. This whole Houston thing, they just signed Tyrod Taylor. I could see Miami making this trade for uh, for their boy Deshaun, but if not, Jamar Chase is the option. Tua needs some weapons. Jamar Chase will be that. I think um, I get why people have him at receiver one, and so do I, but it's very interchangeable with Smith and Waddle too, so I could honestly see any one of them going here. Yeah, Jamar Chase is actually – he's my number one, and then Jalen Waddle is my number two. The toughness he's shown the last year – coming back early from that ankle injury and just trying to win first team on top of him being an explosive wide receiver. He's my number two. <laughs> At pick four, the, the Falcons are on the clock. I got them going with Justin Fields out of Ohio state. I think that start, it's time to start the build for the future in Atlanta with Matt Ryan, not getting any older. And I know they. I think they just restructured his contract the way they have, where they saved a little bit of money, but I think it's time to, Get a new QB in uh, Atlanta. That's why I have them going with Fields. Well, I think we just did the same mock draft because I, I have Justin Fields, <laughs> Ohio State, going to Atlanta too. Uh, he is not in my top five quarterbacks. I don't think very much of Justin Fields, but the NFL does, and what do I know? But uh, I think he's like a Cam Newton who can't throw the ball as well. Like He's going to be able to like play the Taysom Hill role where he's like a running back basically. But I don't know if his arm, like Ohio State, he just throws it to whoever's open and they're open every play. But the arm, like it's real loose. It's real. I'm not a big fan, but Atlanta will be choosing a quarterback, I believe. So Justin Fields it is. At pick five, I got the Bengals taking Panay Sewell. But I mean, Burrow needs protection. We all saw what happened. His knee passed away in the in that game. So I think getting Burrow protection is the move for Cincinnati. And I think they've been making some pretty – Decent moves in the offseason as well. Adding to the offensive line is a huge need for Atlanta, or not Atlanta, Cincinnati. Yeah, I go Penny Sewell too. He's been the pick there for pretty much a year now, and I don't think it's going to change after watching Joe Burrow just lose a knee. So <laughs> I think he'll be the pick at number five. At pick six, I got the Eagles taking Devontae Smith. I think uh, whoever the QB is, rather – it be Jalen Hurts, or be, even if the Eagles try to trade up and get a QB, I think they need weapons desperately. And I think getting, in my opinion, the receiver number two and Devontae Smith, I think that's the pickup. Well, spoiler alert, I also did Devontae Smith. Um, <laughs> I think the Philadelphia Eagles cannot draft a wide receiver to save their life, choosing J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and Jalen Waddle <laughs> over fucking D.K. Metcalf and Justin Jefferson <laughs> the last two years. Yeah. But at least they have the – we chose the Heisman winner. We did all we could. We <laughs> have that to bail him out if he doesn't pan out. But that's what I have also. <laughs> Lines on the clock next. I got them going with Jalen Waddle out of Bama. Uh, I think they just need more receiver help with Galladay leaving. So I think them getting a new weapon 
is good for them. And Jared Goff needs, you know, something because he's not the bestest of QBs. So I think getting Jalen Waddle is a very good pickup there for the Lions. Well, we're just going to go Jalen Waddle next, too. Um, same reason you said. I mean, Jared Goff is below average already, and they're losing Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola, and Kenny Galladay. Uh, their wide receiver room consists of, I'm assuming, a bunch of white guys. I really don't know what they have at this point. but They also lost Marvin Jones, too. Yeah, so Jalen Waddle is pretty much whoever receivers left on the board at this point they're taking, and I have Jalen Waddle. Yeah. At yeah, yeah. At pick eight, I got the Panthers taking Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is like, you can count him as a receiver if you really wanted to. He's a phenomenal player and he's one of the best players in the draft. And I think getting a good tight end is good for that. They already have good receivers plus CMC. And if you had Kyle Pitts to that offense, I think they can be pretty good. But it all depends on Mr. Bridgewater. Okay. Wow, we finally have a difference here for Carolina. Also not sure they'll be making this pick. I could see them in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes also. But Trey Lance from North Dakota State. Teddy Bridgewater's not the option. He's never been the option at quarterback for any team he's really been on. Uh, he can groom someone like Trey Lance who needs, you know, the first half of the season to kind of sit there and learn. But Trey Lance has probably the highest potential in this draft. Uh, I compared him to a smaller Josh Allen. Or um, he plays a lot like Colin Kaepernick also. Um, so somewhere in that range of player, but it's obviously it could be a huge upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater for that team. Yeah, I could definitely see them taking um, Lance here, but I got them going Kyle Pitts because I think it's hard to pass up on a talent like that when you need that position, and Kyle Pitts is amazing. But I could definitely see Lance going there. At pick nine for the Broncos, I have them taking a cornerback. I have them going with Patrick Sertan. Out of um out of Bama, I think they need cornerback help. I think uh Bouye left and you know they're aging there, so why doesn't well get a young corner in my opinion is the best. Uh I like that pick a lot. I went with Quiddy Pay from Michigan, the edge rusher, uh, because they're in talks of getting rid of Von Miller, who's already aging. They have Bradley Chubb who can't really stay healthy on the other side. Uh, they don't have much besides those guys, and Quiddy Pay is the best edge rusher in the draft. So I have them getting younger in that position. A little early in my opinion, but it's who, it's kind of what Denver always does is defensive line early in the draft. Now at the 10th pick, we got Presti's favorite team, the Cowgirls. I have them going with Farley, Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech. I think they need secondary help. They haven't been doing much in free agency, so I think in a cornerback like Farley is a good option for them. I think that's what they're going to do. Yeah, I agree with the cornerback. Uh, I still have Patrick Sertan on the board, so I went with Patrick Sertan because he's my number one ranked corner. Uh, he's just been a beast to Alabama, and Dallas could not need cornerback help any more than they currently do. So, <laughs> I only saw a couple of Dallas games, but what I saw, it didn't look too great. I think they allowed, you what, 87 points a game or something? It, was, it had to be close. That's- they have a good offense, at least. Well, when Dak's playing, but the other side's not the best. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. At pick 11 for the Giants, I got them going with Quiddy Pay, the edge out of Michigan. They had going to Denver. I think getting a good edge rusher for um, the Giants is key. They don't. I can't think of who they have. I know they have Leonard Williams, but I don't think there's really too much out of that. So I think Quiddy Pay is a good pick here for the Giants. Uh, for the Giants, I have Kyle Pitts. 
um, half because I couldn't really let him slip any further than this due to, I think Kyle Pitts is the most electric player in the draft, maybe, you know, at a skill position. Um, and they don't really have much on the Giants. I mean, we're seeing if they're going to get Kenny Galladay, we'll see. But if you're going to play with Daniel Jones, you got to give him some weapons. Yeah. So we'll go with Kyle speaking Pitts. Of, speaking of Kenny Galladay, I think he's going to Baltimore, but that's just me. But that's off topic. <laughs> at, at pick 12, I got the Niners. This is where I have Trey Lance going to. I think the Niners, I don't think Garoppolo's the answer anymore. And I think they already have the elite defense to build off of. And I think – they have some decent weapons, so I think they're one QB away, and I think that QB can be Trey Lance, and I think that's who they're going to go with. I agree with the quarterback thing. I went with Mac Jones from Alabama. Uh, Kyle Shanahan from the 49ers loves his non-mobile white quarterbacks. <laughs> he loved, you know, Kirky Cousins. He likes Jimmy G. I don't think Jimmy G is very good. Mac Jones, uh, in my opinion, is way better than Tua. I mean, his own receivers are saying it. That played with both of them. So, I went with Mac Jones from Alabama. I can see that. I can see that. But I think if the if Trey Lance is on the board, I think that's who they would go with. So. I could see that for sure. At pick 13 for the Chargers, I have them getting an offensive line, and I have them getting Christian Darisaw out of Virginia Tech. Um, they need offensive line help build around Herbert. They, did, they signed a center, and they signed Corey Lindsley. So add add to that offensive line more, and I think getting Darisol, in my opinion, who is the best tackle in the draft. I went with my number one rated tackle in the draft, Rashawn Slater from Northwestern uh, to the Chargers. Two years ago, I watched him go one-on-one with uh, Chase Young almost the entire game. Chase uh, lined up across from him, ended up with zero sacks, and I believe maybe one QB pressure. So, I mean, that's pretty amazing for the – best player of last year's draft and already a top 10 edge rusher in the NFL to do that against. I meant, I meant to say second rate to tackle Sue Wells first, but that's what I meant. I have Sue Wells, Darisol, and then Slater. But anyways, I have Slater as a guard though, because he's very versatile. He can play both. Yeah. I have he him as play an O-lineman. So yeah. <laughs> lineman. At pick 14, I got the Vikings. I got them going with the tackle. I got them going with Sam Cosme out of Texas. I think giving Cousins some protection, you know, he's getting he's getting on the older side of things, so why not give him some protection at his age and make sure he's not getting hit all the time. Give him some protection so he can actually make the throws to the receivers. I agree with the offensive line help, too. I gave him Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. He's also another offensive lineman. He played guard and tackle on both sides at USC. Uh, he's gotten a lot of hype recently. And I kind of could see them going with a guy who could play at multiple positions. Yeah, at pick at, for pick fifteen for the Patriots after they just went on their spend free, I got them going with Micah Parsons. The only reason I have him slipping a little bit to pick fifteen is because of the alleged off the field issues that he did in the locker room. I don't know if they're true or not, but if they are true, then that's pretty bad. That's why I have him slipping. But I have him going to the Pats here. Wasn't it like hazing or something? It was something like apparently he's still like teammates close and didn't return them and then did other things that I'm not going to go into detail with. I have Michael Parsons also. He's the typical New England guy. He's, you know, he's a linebacker, but you could play him as an in-the-box safety. You could really play him as an edge rusher. He could do almost anything at his size and speed. So he's kind of like last year's Isaiah Simmons, but a little less athletic. So I have him going to New England also. At pick 16 for the cards, I have them going with the cornerback. I have them getting J.C. Horn. 
they don't have much. Every, all their corners are older, so I think getting J.C. Horn's a good pickup for Arizona and adding to that. I thought they might get Shaq Griffin, but he ended up going to the Jags, and I'm glad he didn't go to the Cardinals because I like the Seahawks, but fine. <laughs> I went with I have them going. I went with a corner also. I went with Caleb Farley still on my board from Virginia Tech. He's a he's the second best corner in my opinion, and they're not going to re-sign Patrick Peterson after his whole issue last year. They got Byron Murphy. They drafted a couple years ago. Uh, they got maybe the best safety in football, Buda Baker. But Caleb Farley will really hold down. He might be able to lock down some number ones in the NFL. Fourth pick 17 for Vegas. I got them going with edge rusher. I got them going with Gregory Rousseau out of Miami. He's a raw prospect, but I think um, there's not many other edge rushers. And I think they need to go. They need to address edge because they couldn't get pressure on the QB last year. So I think getting Gregory Rosu is a good pick for them. That would be a good pick. I went with a wide receiver because the Las Vegas Raiders cannot uh, resist doing that, and they miss every year. Uh, I got Kadarius Toney from Florida. He's almost like a Percy Harvin type, like a Curtis Samuel type receiver, um, quicker than fast. Pretty much everything Las Vegas loves and uh, keeps missing on in the draft. So this is what I think they will do, not what they should do. Fair enough. At pick 18 with the Dolphins on the clock again, I got them going with Jeremiah Wusu Karamua out of Notre Dame. I think he's a great prospect. He's debatably the best linebacker in the draft. And, you know, he can cover well, too. So I think him going to the Finns is a good, good pick, especially since they just got rid of Kyle Van Noy. So I think that's going to be the pickup for them. I can see that. I have uh, Christian Darisaw still on my board from Virginia Tech, the offensive lineman that I really like, so I gave him to him. I mean, once again, if you're going to stick with Tua, you already have a very good defense. You got him a number one receiver, and now give him another offensive lineman to help protect him. At uh, pick 19 for the football team, I have them going with an offensive lineman. I got them going with Sean Slater. Uh, like I said earlier, you know, very versatile. He can play either or. Uh, they don't have Trent Williams anymore since he left last year. He just got paid with San Francisco. But I think going with an offensive lineman and getting um, Fitzpatrick or Heineke for the starter is some protection. Uh, I went on the offensive side too, but I gave him a wide receiver, Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. He's 6'2", 210. He's, he's a freak of nature like athletically. And you have scary Terry on the other side, but you don't really have anything else. And like you just mentioned, you're rolling into the season with Fitzmagic or one-year wonder Heineke. So you might want to give them some options to throw the ball to. And definitely, I could see them also going after a Kenny Galladay in free agency too, since he's still out there. That'd be but a big move for I'd them. Like be a great move. At pick 20 for the Bears, I got them getting their QB of the future. I got them going Mac Jones. Even though they have, you know, Trubisky and I think Foles was great. Wasn't he traded in... I think he got traded somewhere. I could be wrong on that. But I think he's gone, and then they just signed the Red Rifle, Andy Dalton, but I got them going with Mac Jones. I think you know, he does lack arm talent and mobility, but he has pinpoint accuracy, so I think him going to the Bears is a good pick. Okay, I got that. I got uh, them choosing Wyatt Davis, offensive guard from Ohio State. Uh, he's a hell of a run blocker. He's a huge man. He's like six hundred or 325 pounds. 600 pounds would be amazing. But – <laughs> in Chicago, they're all about running the ball. Uh, David Montgomery needs somebody to open up some lanes. So I got Wyatt Davis. 
At pick 21 for the Colts, I get them going with Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. I do think um, you, you know could look at some offensive line in here. But I got them going with the receiver. Give Carson Wentz some more weapons. They have, um, I think, T.Y. Hilton. I'm not sure if he got re-signed or not. But I know they do have some, you know, they lack receivers down there. So, again, big receiver like Rashad Bateman is going to be helpful for Wentz. Yeah, they don't have much of a receiver right now. They have uh, Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell, Paris. who was hurt all last year. But I could definitely see that. I want offensive lineman Alex Leatherwood from Alabama. Uh, he played a lot of right tackle. I think he could play left tackle, uh, but they just had Anthony Costanzo retire, so they're going to be looking for offensive tackle help. So I have him reaching a little bit, but it's, who I, it's who's left on the board. At pick 22 for the Titans, I got them going with Aziz Alargi out of Georgia. They lack to get um, pressure on the QB last year. I think getting an edge rusher for the Titans is a good pickup. Yeah, they just got Bud Dupree in free agency, but I don't know when he'll be healthy because he had his torn ACL. Uh, I got him going Gregory Russo from Miami, the edge rusher who sat out last year uh, due to COVID concerns. But he's 6'7", 270. He's a huge man, and he was dominant last year. So This is a little off topic, but as I'm doing this, I just got a notification that the Cardinals got Rodney Hudson from the Raiders. That's that's good. I don't like that. I wish the Seahawks could have got him, but it's okay. I was hoping the Chiefs could have got him. My Chiefs, my they Chiefs got, need some help. I mean, they got Thune, but and then they yeah. got Tardif coming back from Canada the next year. If he doesn't want to play doctor anymore, he could play offensive te- <laughs> offensive line. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, back to the mock draft. <laughs> At pick twenty three, I got the Jets going with a. I got them going with the receiver. I got them going Terrence Marshall, Jr. out of LSU. I like him. I think you know has some speed, has some size. I think you know if you're going to draft a QB, you might as well get them some weapons. Yeah, I like that. I got him going. Nick Bolton, middle linebacker from Mizzou, the local boy. But uh, I could see that they need some help on defense. They did just get Davis from the Lions, um, Gerard Davis. But I think Bolton they need help at every linebacker position. So I think Nick Bolton could be a good pickup for him. I agree with that. Um, but the next pick, though, at pick 24, I got the Steelers getting their um, James Conner replacement. I got them going with Najee Harris, the running back out of Bama. Big power back, and I think that's kind of what Pittsburgh needs because um, James Conner failed to produce that there in um, Pittsburgh. Controversial take. James Conner only got in the league because he had cancer and people felt bad for him. But James Conner's not good at football. I have him going Najee Harris from Bama, too. It's my favorite pick in the draft. Uh, the fit's perfect. He's basically like watching Steven Jackson from the Rams back in the day. He's like watching that all over again. So I think he'll uh, make that offense, take some pressure off Big Ben as he's turning 60 this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at pick 25, I got the ja- Jags on the clock again. They're going to go with another offensive lineman, not another, they're going to get an offensive lineman to get some protection for Trevor Lawrence. I got them going with Lamb Eichenberg out of Notre Dame. I think that's a good pickup. You know, their tackles are aging, or one of them is aging. I can't, you know, he names on the tip of my tongue, but I can't think of it now and then. They got Jawan Taylor a couple of years ago who's still young and can develop, but I got them going with Eichenberg and some protection. So I obviously made this before free agency started, so I do not think this pick will be – the pick anymore, but I currently have J.C. Horn, the cornerback from South Carolina. 
to pair up with C.J. Henderson, but now they have Shaquem Griffin, Shaquille Griffin, whichever one has both hands. Uh, They have him. So uh, that will probably not be the pick anymore, but he is a first-round talent. Yeah, mine's a little bit outdated, too. This one's from about – I think this one was right – Right after the Super Bowl, or right before it, but because I have the last couple picks swapped around, but I, either way, I think they're going to be there for the team that they're going to. But just a, just a tad bit out there, yeah. nothing. But for pick twenty six at the Browns, I got them going. I got them going with Joseph Osai out of Texas. I think getting some edge rusher. Um, I think that's good for the Browns. You know, they have Miles Garrett. I can't think of who would have anything else. So might as well get. A nice young, talented edge rusher like Joseph Osai. I went with edge help too. I gave him uh, Jalen Phillips from Miami. He stepped in when uh, Gregory Russo, excuse me, sat out last year. Uh, He stepped right in, had a handful of sacks. He's a dominant edge rusher too, uh, hand in the dirt or standing up. So I think they need that help alongside Miles Garrett too. At pick 27 for the Ravens, I got them going with an offensive lineman. I got them going with Elijah Vera Tucker, getting some protection there with offensive line. We got the interior, so I think in one of the better interior all linemen, Vera Tucker is the pick. I like that pick. If you're going to go with, you know, a running back, a quarterback, you should probably have that. Uh, I gave him Terrence Marshall from LSU. He's like 6'4", 200 pounds, big target for Lamar to miss. Uh but it's somebody that can at least, you know, fight for the jump ball, like um, like a Mike uh, – who plays for the Chargers? Mike, Mike Williams. Williams. I was going to say Mike Wallace. I say he hasn't played for a while. Yeah. But he's a lot <laughs> like that jump ball, go up and get it, which is kind of what Lamar needs. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good pick. I definitely do think they're in the market for a big receiver because they don't have that for any of their receivers. But I do like that pick, and I think – that could be a potential possibility if he's there. But for pick 28 for the Saints, I got them going with cornerback. I got them going with Asante Samuel out of Florida State. I think um, getting some cornerback help, they have Marshawn Lattimore not too much after that. And, you know, they don't have exactly the money and the cap space to do so. But I you know if it was last time I checked, they were deep down in cap hell. But I got them going with Asante Samuel. The Saints have the second best cap fixable situation I've ever seen. So Drew Brees retired, saved them like 20-something million. Do you see the Taysom Hill deal? Yeah. 40 years, yeah. 140 million. The first two years are worth like no money. It's all in the back two years, which are totally voidable. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. But uh, <laughs> I gave him Travon Morig from TS, or TCU. He's a safety. He's the number one safety in the nation right now. And – uh they just had – what's his name? The one that allowed the Minneapolis Miracle. Marcus, Marcus Williams, Williams is a free agent right now where he got cut. He's not, He's no longer on the team. So they have a big need there, and uh, hopefully this guy could at least tackle Stephon Diggs running on the sideline. <laughs> at pick 29, I got packed on the clock. I got them going with a, a speed threat at receiver. That's Kadarius Tony. Uh, Rodgers needs more weapons. He doesn't have too much. He has uh, Devontae Adams and then NVS kind of came on a little bit towards the end of the season. But I think getting some more help at receiver like Kadarius Tony is a good pickup, and he has elite speed. So I think that's a good pickup for the Packers. Yeah, I mean, realistically, they'll probably draft another quarterback, I'm assuming. 
I don't really know what their strategy is, um, but I went with Rondale Moore from Purdue, the wide receiver. They need that help. He's He scares me. He's only 5'8", 180 pounds, so he's a small guy. But I think he could definitely put in uh, some work across from Devontae Adams. Yeah, um, I think I think they need to go with receiver here. That or a cornerback because they need both positions badly, but I like Kevin King more. did a hell of a job in the playoffs. I remember those. He, uh, <laughs> I think I could have guarded those receivers better. <laughs> yeah. It's not, there wasn't between him and the receiver. Yeah. At pick 30, the Bills are on the clock. I got them going with a cornerback. I got them going with Eric Stokes. Um, Getting some good, decent cornerback here out of Georgia. You know, I can't. I know they have Tre'Davious White, but I know they have they have good safeties. But I don't think they have too much at cornerback. So I think getting Eric Stokes is a good. I like that. Um, I don't know how attached they are to Zach Moss, who they drafted last year, but I give him Travis Etienne from Clemson. Uh, he's one of my favorite watches. He's like, will do it all kind of back, like Christian McCaffrey, not to that level, but like he. That's kind of the game he plays. And Buffalo desperately needs that. They last year in the playoffs, I think they had a stretch where they threw it twenty five times or something in a row without a run. Like that's pathetic. Yeah, I mean you might as well when you have a really missile of an arm. Yeah, very true. But not, not gonna work all the time. Chiefs are on the clock at thirty one. I got them going with Zayvon Collins out of too slow the linebacker. I think getting some defensive help um is key. I think he could look at offensive linemen too, because we saw how how that performed in the Super Bowl. What I think going, you're going to go with the linebacker, and I think it's going to be Zayvon Collins. So this is outdated again, like I stated before. Uh, they did just get Joe Thune, and they have Tardif coming back. I gave him Landon Landon Dickerson from Alabama, the center who missed the national championship game, but he's the best center in the nation, and uh, could really help out that team. But I do ultimately think they're going to draft an offensive tackle now that they got rid of both their offensive tackles due to cap issues, but, yeah. uh, you know, Andy Reid was an offensive line coach for most of his career, so he'll figure it out. And then finally, for the last pick of round one with the Bucks on the clock, I got them going with Jalen Phillips out of Miami. One of the best edge rushers in the class, I think, just getting some depth there. Um, let him develop for a year or so, and I think he can turn out really good. You know, this is kind of a luxury pick. They don't really – I don't think there's a, a dire need on that team because they obviously just won the Super Bowl and they got – Gronk back, and then Brady signed a four-year extension. But I think they're going to go Jalen Phillips. So I originally went with Jeremiah Owusu-Karamoa from Notre Dame. Uh, that obviously will not be the pick anymore. I thought that there was no way they were going to get Levante David back, but somehow they managed. Um, so I would probably sub him out for someone like Asante Samuel Jr. because cornerback is still a need. We can't forget that Tyreek Hill put up like 800 yards in the first quarter that uh, – during the regular season, but so someone like Asante Samuel will be the pick, I think. Yeah, I think that'd be a good pickup for them, but it's kind of a luxury spot for them. They don't need any huge positions to need. I agree. Uh, so that was our mock draft, slightly outdated, but not too bad. I do have a couple questions for you before you go. Uh, are there any overrated or underrated players in this draft that stick out to you? Uh, I think Justin Fields is a bit overrated. I do think he gets a lot of hype um, in this in this class, but I do think he's still good, but just a bit overrated and underrated. 
Um, I can't think of any. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but um, I do think Justin Fields is a bit overrated. Here's some of the ones I have. You can say if you agree or disagree. Uh, so overrated, I have Justin Fields. Just like you said, I agree. Uh, Sean Wade, the cornerback for Ohio State, he was supposed to be like a first round pick, and then he got diced apart in the playoffs. Uh, so I kind of think he's still a little overrated. And then I do have Devontae Smith as overrated. He's not bad. But in the NFL, he weighs 165 pounds. Like, if a corner gets his hands on him, he's done. Yeah, about Deshaun Wade. I now that I think, yeah, overrated. I, you know, originally in one of my first mock drafts, I had him as a first round talent, but then he let like 200 yards in the first half against um, Devontae Smith. So I do think he's one of the lower tier cornerbacks in this year's yeah, class. I completely agree. And then my underrated, I have Trey Sermon the running back for Ohio State that broke out in the second half of the year. He does have breakaway speed, and I've never seen him get hit backwards. He always falls forward, uh, which is kind of what I want in a running back. If I could get him in, like, the second or third round, I would definitely take that. Uh, I have Mac Jones. I love Mac Jones. I've never seen him miss a throw. He can read NFL defenses, played against NFL talent in the SEC the entire time. Uh, I'd say the reason the league doesn't like him is because he's ugly. He's kind of fat. He doesn't really look good in a uniform. Like, he doesn't look like football Jesus. Uh, but the fact that he's chubby and everything doesn't really help him. And then Rashawn Slater. I'm a huge fan because he shut down Chase Young. His feet are great for being so huge, and he can drive somebody into the ground just like Penny Sewell. Yeah, I do like Mac Jones. I think he's perfectly, perfectly rated. I don't think he's, like, too overhyped. I don't think he's, like, too under-underhyped where, like, people are underestimating him. But – I do like his accuracy. He has pinpoint accuracy, and you're rarely going to see him miss a throw. Yeah, like ever, everyone compares him to Matt Ryan. It seems to be the easy transition to Matt Ryan, who was the number one pick. Um, so I'm not understanding the people that have him outside the top 15. But that was good. Good first good first mock draft. We'll have to hit it back up after, uh, after free agency's over. Yes, we will. All right. But all right, guys, that's going to do it for Jimmy's little cameo. Uh, I'll make sure to link his YouTube channel in the description so you can go subscribe, like, comment all of his videos. Can we get Jimmy back? Uh, Jimmy's the better brother. Back? We all know it. Oh, well, fuck you, dude. <laughs> this, is, uh, this, this is Nick and Jake have technical difficulties, not Uh-oh. Nick and Jimmy. We actually just went 33 minutes without a technical difficulty. I think that might be a record time that we've ever had on the So you the are podcast, the problem. Possibly. Possibly. Weird. Um, so we didn't do an introduction. So we're going to go ahead and backtrack a little bit. How's your week been? <laughs> What's up, you guys? You had to jinx that, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, the only issue we have right now is I cannot see the recording for this. Uh, oh, you don't have to see it. It'll be fine. Well, I need to know because we only have an hour limit, so I need to know when to queue up the uh, the ad break. Uh, so I'm paying attention to the time. We're cool. We're good. I think. 
So yeah, I was saying that uh, I had a good week. I haven't had to work a whole lot. Went on a date, like a little day trip with the girlfriend. It was a good time. It's been a good week. That's good. Uh, just found out today I am getting a about a nine dollar raise at work. There you go. I'm uh transitioning from male host- to female. Well, no, not yet. That I'm waiting for the uh, stimu- waiting for the stimulus to hit. I get it. It's an expensive change. Uh, no, I'm actually getting uh transitioned from from uh host and busting to dishwashing. Oh, that's nice. That'll be way that'll be way easier, won't it? You won't have to deal uh, with people and shit. Yeah, no, exactly. I thought I was gonna like dealing with people at my job because I love customer service, but. Jesus Christ, dude! The customer, the customers in the restaurant world are a whole nother. Breed. Oh yeah, they're uh, awful. So yeah, that's what it's, that's what I've been up to. Um, nice. Just going to go over what the rundown for this episode is going to be for everybody. Uh, we have about three or four segments. Um, the first one being sports. We already touched on with Jimmy doing the mock draft with Nick. We're going to go over the MLB season NBA All-Star Weekend review because we were supposed to record this like right after the All-Star Weekend. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go over wrestling. We're going to have our favorite mid-card title matches ever, uh, our favorite match stipulation, and then a mystery question that I have for Nick because I don't want to give him time to think about it. I want to put him on the spot. Good. And then we have a couple new segments that we're going to uh, introduce. And then we have a pop culture segment where we just go over a certain actor that you'll find out about later. Uh, but let's jump into sports. Uh, the MLB season starting up in a couple Tough. weeks. Couple weeks, yeah. Spring training's halfway over. Uh, yeah, I'm personally pumped up for the season, dude. Like I don't watch football as much, but like. I can just tell the Cardinals, like, the atmosphere around the city, like, the car- everyone's excited for the Cardinals this year. Yeah, we finally made some big, a big off-season splash, so that's pretty awesome. Um, we got Nolan Arenado. We do have some pitching needs right now. Hopefully we can either sign somebody or there's somebody up and coming, but it looks like it'll be a good season. No, definitely, dude. I'm, uh, I like I said, I'm excited. I, I just want to see how Nolan does. I know we talked before about the, uh, like what's it called the altitude of that might be affected hitting and all of that. Yeah. But even if his hitting's not like a hundred as what it was, hopefully his defense is still there. Yeah, I agree. That's definitely. Um. So who? What is your early World Series prediction? My bias prediction that includes the Cardinals or no? Both. Oh, well, I would prefer the Cardinals to be in it, obviously. Go Cardinals. Uh, get number 12. But I think it'll probably be Dodgers. Yeah, Dodgers are probably going back because they just got Trevor Bauer to add to the rotation. And then probably the Yankees. So it'll probably be a, a big matchup there between the Yankees and the Dodgers. Ooh, you know them will be will love that too. A big Oh, yeah. That's a bunch of money right there. Tons of money. Those are big, giant markets. And hopefully by October, COVID is fucking damn near gone. 
Well, the Texas Rangers are already allowing a hundred percent capacity at opening day. So, well, yeah, that's that's what I mean by it. Like, I'm hoping by Texas well, doesn't give a fuck. Well, yeah, that, I'm hoping by October we can safely allow that many people. But by October, I'm almost positive by October, over fifty percent of the population will have vaccines. Yeah, uh, I think so. Like the people that are in dire need of it. So, I agree. That's gonna be that's gonna be real fun to see postseason baseball back in full swing. You see UFC's doing a full crowd again. Yeah, I did see that. They're doing a fifteen k, fifteen thousand fans like in the next couple of weeks. That's gonna be fucking awesome. Yeah, that's one of the sports that's really missed fans because it doesn't feel the same without people yelling and fucking rooting well, for whoever they want to win. Well, no, exactly. And like I was watching one of the fights. I forgot which fight it was, but it was right at the beginning of COVID. And I just remember hearing the announcers say they were like, and you can just imagine 15,000 people going to this fight. And I'm like, yeah, like, like, you know what the reaction would have been when McGregor got knocked out? Oh, yeah, it would have been wild. Like, it would have been insane. Um, but no, my Road Series prediction, I don't know why. I have this prediction the past couple of years, and I'll get it right eventually. But Cardinals and Yankees, I can see that eventually. Most historic uh, teams, in my opinion, for each uh, conference, as I think call them, American League and National League, are those, are those conferences or league, uh, whatever they're titled. Yeah, I guess because the ALCS, so the American League. Championship series. So I, get, I don't. It's a. It's not a division. Yeah. A, it has to be a conference, I guess. I guess because if you call it a league, that's just weird. But no, I definitely. Um, I definitely think Cardinals and Yankees would be a crazy series too, just because the most road series of all time against the second most road series of all time, and the most road series in National League. What I think is bullshit that. The Yankees have fucking twenty seven because there's no way of us catching up to that. Oh yeah, well, nobody ever will. Nobody ever will, and that's the thing. That's that sucks, but at least we can say that we're the. Can say second. Yeah, who's who's behind us? I honestly do not know. Uh, the Red Sox, maybe from like a long time ago, had some. Because we're at eleven. I don't think anybody's too close to 11 to where it's alarming. I think here, let me look it up. Do 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 Red Sox are at 9. I was right. Look at that. Yeah, Red Sox are not so they're they're too uh they're too behind us, which is close, but at the same time I feel like I I don't see them passing us. That's just me though. I agree. I do not see them. They're not very good right now, so we don't have to worry about that. Um, but the NBA All Star Weekend, I didn't watch Jackson for it because I didn't like how they had it set up. How one day it all cranked. Clustered. Yeah, it was very clustered. Like out a big stretch over there? I did. I I stretched. It felt fucking wonderful. Well, sitting in those goddamn AT&T chairs for two hours can't be too comfortable. 
No, my whole body hurts. <laughs> I'm getting old. Can't do that anymore. Um, but no. Oh, but the uh, NBA All Star Game. So the skill competition. Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody needs to waste time on that. The three point shootout was kind of cool. Steph Curry proving he's the best three point shooter to ever walk the planet. Oh yeah. Uh, the slam dunk competition at halftime. Then they just, was between a bunch of no fucking name players. That's what I was gonna say. A bunch of nobodies. It felt like. Yeah, uh, a backup point guard for the Blazers, Anthony Simons, Cassius Stanley, who I never even heard of, for the fucking Pacers, a second round draft pick, who hasn't played more than like fifteen minutes all season, and then Obi Toppin, who was actually like a top ten pick last year, but. Huh. Some of the dunks were all right. Uh, the winning dunk, Anthony Simon tried to kiss the rim as he dunked it. It was kind of cool, but he came kind of far from actually kissing it. So, Oh, that would have been cool. If he actually kissed it, yeah, it would have been fucking – or put a fucking mouth guard in and kiss it or put some on your lips like so you're not actually kissing it because, you know, gross, but – Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's like, all- I wouldn't want to make out with the rim that people are dunking on the entire time, but – the All-Star game, did they do the – you have to get first to, like, 250 or whatever it was they did? Yeah, it's the Kobe rule. Oh, the Kobe rule? Yeah, they did the Kobe rule last year for the first time, and they did it again this year too. What's the Kobe rule? It's a weird – it's a whole set of weird rules. You have to – it's, like, first one, there are certain point wins. Each quarter is its own rule – like, its own game, basically. So you win the quarter after you score so many points. It's a, it's a unique set of rules, and it's it's better than like just watching them score two hundred and eighty points the entire game. So each quarter kind of actually matters, but yeah, huh? So listen, overall, it wasn't the worst All Star game, but it wasn't great, huh? Um, hockey, no one gives a fuck about really. I guess let's go Blues. Let's get the cup again. Maybe we'll see. Uh, probably not, but probably, yeah, we signed Benning, we signed the goalie Bennington to a lot of money. I guess that's a good thing. I like I said, I we won the he won he had one good year. I mean, whatever. We won the Stanley Cup, and I haven't watched the Blues game since honestly since Game Seven. <laughs> like I'm not gonna lie, it's just that that whole summer though. Let's talk about that real quick. The summer of '19 when we what's it called went on that playoff run and won the World Series. That was probably the Stanley Cup. Yeah, or Stanley Cup, my bad. Uh, that was the most alive I've seen St. Louis. Like, I felt like everywhere you turned, you've seen blues posters, you've seen flyers, you've seen flags. You couldn't go anywhere without hearing fucking glory up. Uh, it, was, it was pretty lit. I mean, we've never done it, and we're, we've always been kind of a big hockey town. Exactly. To never win it. So, like, we sold out Enterprise and Bush Stadium both just to show the game. The games weren't being played there just for viewing purposes. Yeah. You know how, like, historical and remarkable that is? Yeah, it's insane to think about. Like, I know we're talking about it, like, two years later, but that, like, I think about that shit daily, dude. That is, that that's insane. And then, like, we had a fuck ton of people at the parade that I was at. That was so badass, being at the parade, getting to see that. I, I had to work that parade. Oh, yeah. Oh. Shit was fucking insane. It, people were it was, ha- hammered at fucking 10 o'clock. I was about to say, there was a group of people behind me at the parade. 
it was about noon, just before noon, and I turned around and there was a group of a bunch of college kids just passed out in the lawn, puking everywhere. And I was like, it is only noon, my guy. Yeah, we had that player that was only like, he was only like 19 or 20, done. And uh, he couldn't drink legally, obviously. And someone behind me was like, can I throw this beer to him? I was like, I don't give a fuck. Who said that? Some person behind me, like, because I was working the gate or whatever. Oh. Anyway, can I throw this beer to him? I was like, I don't care. That's... I said, there's no, there's no rules right now. He just won a Stanley Cup. He can do whatever he wants. No kidding, though. No kidding, though. Uh, the only thing I had to complain about that was the fucking Metrolink situation. I felt like they should have fucking maneuvered that way better. I felt like they dropped the ball on the Metrolinks. Well, the Metrolink should just be burned down. It's a horrible thing. That was my only time being on one, and it was so fucking clustered, dude. Like, I don't know. And then they had a fuck ton of extra trains. And I'm like, dude, there's literally hundreds of thousands of people here. Yeah. They should have probably done better. They should have done way better, in my opinion. Um, but So, WWE? Into some wrestling. What's your favorite, like, mid-card title match? Like, so for the Intercontinental U.S., any of those. Like, nothing be... It, not main event title matches, I should say. Oh, then tag team. Does that yeah. count or no? Yeah. Oh, it's definitely tag team matches. Uh, anything with a ladder or a table or no, a chair. What's one match for that title, though? Oh, the first ever... Hardy's, Edge and Christian, and Dudley's. Okay, okay. That's what I was No doubt about it. That one was... There's nothing better than that. I'll rewatch that any day of the week. Uh-huh, I was gonna say, I feel like anytime we all get together and we do that thing where we all choose a, a match to watch, that match ends up getting turned on. Yeah, it rightfully should. It, yeah, so that's up there for me. And then Miz versus Dolph Ziggler at Backlash a couple of years ago. Or No Mercy, I think it was, a couple of years ago, where it was like title versus career. If Ziggler lost, he was going to retire. And I think Ziggler's contract was coming to an end around this time, so everybody was like, huh, okay. Just like if you watch like the lead-up to that match, all the SmackDowns leading up to it, up until that match, that match was amazing, dude. Yeah, that one. I do remember watching that one. What was it? Three years? Was that three years ago or twenty seventeen? I think so. Four. Okay. Well, three and a half. I remember that. Three and a half. Yeah. That's a good pick. Good pick. Um, but what's your favorite match stipulation? Hmm. The career one is a little too dramatic for me. No. Yeah. 100%. Usually. Hundred percent. The only time that I've seen it done good. Is Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels and Shawn Michaels oh. Undertaker? Those are the only two times that I like remember. I do yeah, being yeah. on the edge of my seat for. I agree. That one was. Oh, it's amazing. Um, I don't know. Stipulation. Hell in a cell. Like, Hell in a cell ha- is a good one, if done right. I don't like that they do it like once a year or like like they have a pay per view for it. I don't like that. Yeah. Because like in my opinion, like a hell, I like a hell in a cell that has like a good storyline built up to it. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, Shawn Michael or Triple H versus um, Undertaker with Shawn Michaels as referee. That sense. 
Yeah, I I would say that's probably the best one when it's done right. Uh, uh when the steel cage matches are pretty good if done right. Also, uh, except for the fact they always end in some weird shit where like, you know, someone's trying to get out the door but someone interferes and then they can't get out the door and the other person jumps over the top. But or whenever one of them um they both get out at the same time. Oh yeah, those are fun. Like I remember uh. Big Show choke slam JBL through the fucking uh, through the fucking uh, ring, and Big Show walked out of the cage. And the referees were like, "Hold on, hold on." JBL's feet touched the ground when he went through the ring. I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" I'm like, are you fucking? Yeah, that's are you? That's too much. That's dramatic. All right, welcome back, you guys. You know, in the latest episode of Technical Difficulties, that one was on Nick. Uh, Apparently, Nick's phone, you cannot swipe out of this app to text someone back. So, you can, but you can't touch. So, like, whenever you're on the app or whatever, there's, like, a little red microphone in the corner. I found out the hard way that you cannot click that microphone because it will log you out. Jesus. Well, we're back. Uh, But we we like Hell in a Cell. Yeah. (laughs) We were talking about JBL and... Getting choke slammed through the ring, and then Big Show walked out, and they said, "Nope, nope, nope, that doesn't count." Or that, or JBL went through it. Like, come on, man. I mean, as a little kid, it pissed me off because it pissed me off. But like, as I'm older, I'm like, that was kind of smart. But at the same time, come on, fuck. Yeah. Um. No, I like multi-man like ladder matches. That shit goes hard sometimes. Like Money in the Bank and shit. Oh, exactly like, like that. Like WrestleMania, what was it, 21? Was that the first Money in the Bank? Yeah. Yeah. Jericho, Kane, like that shit. That was amazing. Where Shelton ran up the ladder and clotheslined Jericho off the ladder? Yeah. That shit was fucking crazy. I haven't seen anyone try that since. Uh, no one could besides, like, maybe Kofi Kingston. Maybe Kofi, too. Like, that's a hard maybe. Yeah. Shelton's like a great size speed combination. He's amazing. Oh yeah. Speaking of mid card titles, they need to put a fucking intercontinental title or US title on him before he retires because he's not getting any younger. We need to fix these belts altogether. Let's be real. These belts are fucking ugly. And they're oh. all they're all horrible looking. They all look the same. Dude, they you know literally that's the problem. They all literally look the exact same, only just different color straps. The Bring thing back I, the big gold world heavyweight championship. Yes, the thing I like about AEW is they make all their belts look unique. Yeah, I do like, like that. Like their world titles, fucking diamond plated and all of that makes it look like it's a big deal. And then the TNT titles kind of plain, but still looks nice. Like. I, I agree, know. 100%. Uh, but that mystery question I had for you is, you know how the NBA has a player for their logo? Yeah. Who would WWE's logo be? That's tough. Um, I don't know, I was trying to think, because like, I know people are wanting to put Kobe as the logo in the NBA because he's died recently. WWE doesn't have anybody that died recently. Um, well, they, they do, but like... Not in like, good ways. Not in ways that they want to fucking promote. 
Or you do have Chris Benoit strangling his family as the logo. They could have a picture of him hanging by the fucking, uh, from the Bowflex. You could have Eddie with a needle in his arm. Like, what do you want? Um, uh, in my opinion, in my opinion, I think if they ever did do a logo for WWE, here's my three options. Stone Cold Middle Fingers, which I highly doubt would ever happen because of marketing reasons. You can't have somebody flipping someone off. Uh, the Rock doing his pose with the one arm up or whatever. Or John, or, uh, John Cena doing the salute. I like those two last ones. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Or even you could do Undertaker, the Undertaker with his hat. Ooh, that one. That's my, yeah. Undertaker like tipping his cap or whatever. Yeah. Like, right like before I, he does the eye roll, that would be sick. I would say Ric Flair, but we've discussed before how Ric Flair's accomplishments weren't WWE. Yeah, he's a wrestling legend. He is not a WWE legend. Like, even though WWE did buy out the companies he worked for and all that, he didn't, like, make those accomplishments in WWE. But... No, I think, like, you know how fucking amazing... Hey, if anybody on here knows how to do Photoshop and do that shit, make a fucking Undertaker WWE logo, please. Hey, guys, blah, 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 blah. This is shit's going to be way easier once Nick moves closer to me and we can just record in person. Uh, <laughs> fuck wrestling, we're done talking about it. We're jumping into our other segments. For a, for a podcast that gets dropped this much on the phone, we should be sponsored by, like, Cricket or something, I feel like. You know, literally. So they want to hit us up anytime. So this new segment that we are going to be doing, the first official segment of the No Named Podcast, (laughs) is called Over Under Our Proper Rated. And what it is, is me and Nick each name off one musician, one celebrity, and one athlete each. And we discuss if they're over, under, or properly rated. Nick, what's your first? What's your first uh, topic or person? Which one do you want to do first? Musician, actor, or athlete? Oh, we can do musician. Mac Miller. Proper or fuck, dude. So, like, here's the thing. Before he died, I think he was underrated. But then after he died, I think he's overrated. You know. Because that's the trend. Yes. Somebody, somebody dies, and it's they're the greatest or whatever. I loved Mac. Don't get me wrong. I used to listen to him all the time. So I thought he was a tad bit underrated. Just a bit underrated. But then he died, and then all these people came out of the woodworks acting like he was great. He's drastically overrated at this point. I mean, he's he was good, no doubt about it. He was, I would say, he was pretty close to properly rated before, and now it's just blown up into something ridiculous. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like people are like, he's like the best white rapper of all time. Like, shut the fuck up. No, and that's exactly what I was gonna say. Like, he was just barely underrated. He was so close to being properly rated, but then he died, and then it just blew up. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm glad we can come to an agreement on that. Uh, my musician, the Beatles. Mm-hmm. I think overrated just because yep. 
how highly they're rated. Like, they're not bad by any means. They have a bunch of good songs. They have a bunch of all-time classics. But they are, like, people are, like, they are, like, the gods of music. I'm, like, uh, simmer down. Yeah, okay. Once again, we're two for two on agreeing with each other. Okay. You also, like, you're going to hear some arguments, you fucking thought, bitches. Uh, let's for actor? Do... Yeah, let's do actor. Yeah. I have Robin Williams. Okay, so did you just choose a bunch of dead people? I don't know what I did. Who knows? <laughs> it's a theme to see if people get overrated once they die. I don't know what I did. Um, <laughs> so Robin Williams, I think once... Actually, no, to be honest, now that he's dead, I haven't really heard people gloat him to the level they do Mac. So I'm going to say he's properly rated, honestly. Because the dude was a legend, no doubt about it. And once he died, he got the respect he deserved. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say proper. Yeah, I think proper rated or underrated because he did not get the hype once he died that most people do. And he has so many great movies, Mrs. Doubtfire, all those back in the day. So I can uh, take either of those as an answer. And I think the thing is about Robin Williams is also, which a bunch of people love him for is. Like, no matter how happy you seem, you could have your own demons, which I think was, like, the big message to him killing himself. Like, yeah, I agree. and made tons of people laugh, and he was, like, a lot of people, I've heard a lot of celebrities say that he was the most kindest person they've met. And then, deep down, he had these mental illnesses, unfortunately. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say properly rated just because after he died, I didn't... No one's coming out saying he's the greatest actor, greatest comedian of all time, which I think is good because i would have tarnished his name yep i agree uh my actor jack black people are gonna hate this i don't think jack black's that funny thank you i would say he's overrated i mean like what what good movies fucking nacho libre like oh i have one good movie i can remember watching of his school of rock and that's it Oh, with the girl from iCarly. That was a good, decent movie. It was an amazing movie. But I think he's just like, he tries to be so loud to be funny. It's just not... I think he's overrated. He's a typical fat actor. Nothing against fat people, but like, name <sighs> a fat actor that's not loud and obnoxious. And uses their weight for com- comedy. None. They all do. Um, yeah, I don't, but I don't no, like it much. No. Thank you. Because when I wrote this... Four for four. No, really, though. No, Yeah, four for four. No, it's just, the thing about him is he doesn't have any good movies. And, like, in my opinion, some people might like his, the one movie with him and his brother being in a rock band or whatever. I've never seen it, so that might be good. Nacho Libre, I only liked that as a kid because it was about wrestling, and that's all I fucking did is watch wrestling. So the fact that there was a comedy movie about wrestling, I liked it. Um... Athlete. Go. Kobe Bryant. So, I knew you were going to say that. Uh, yeah, it's a real trend. I told you to see if people get overhyped when they die. So, the thing is, about Kobe, before he died, people were putting him in GOAT status. So, I'm not going to... I'm going to say he's properly rated. I can see that being fair, but I think the hype of him being the GOAT has gotten out of hand. Uh, He's not personally in my top five NBA players of all time. 
Okay. But people people love this man. And I mean, I, he was great. He's one of the best players I've ever gotten to see, you know, while I was alive or whatever, like since I've been born. But I think he's gotten a little overhyped since he was, I would say he was proper, pretty close to properly rated. Now he's gotten a little overrated since he died, which was tragic, obviously. No, exactly. And I can see where you're coming from being overrated because it did get overblown. But the only reason I don't put it at overrated is because people were already calling him the GOAT before he passed. Yeah. So, and that that's just me. Uh, What's your athlete? My athlete? Oh, you're not going to mention that we disagreed on something? Oh, bitch. No, we were pretty close. I mean, that was close enough. I mean, you weren't like he was, like, crazy underrated. Yeah, yeah. He's the most underrated player I've met, I've seen. Um, my athlete, Mike Trout. He's incredibly underrated. He's the greatest baseball player we've probably seen in our lifetime. That's 20-something-year-olds. But he's withering away on a shit team. So, uh, but, I mean, he's won numerous MVPs, almost every gold glove. He's been the best hitter in baseball for fucking seven years. So here's a stat that you might not know that I remember hearing years ago, and I thought it was the most badass thing ever. His first four appearances in the, uh, what's it called, uh, All-Star game, his first at-bats, he hit a cycle for. So his first at-bat in his first All-Star game, he had a single second at-bat, or second uh, year, his first at-bat was a double and so on. He hit a cycle. That's pretty sweet. All-Star game. Which I think is fucking, like, it's a crazy weird stat that I'm pretty sure I saw from ESPN because they always have those weird stats. But that's badass. Yeah. I love I, I love Mike Trout. I think he's great. I'm going to say he's properly rated, though, considering he has won MVPs and has been in All-Star games. But I can see what you mean by underrated by being on his shit team. And I don't hear his name nearly as much anymore. I know. Casual baseball fans don't talk about him usually. Yeah, exactly. The only reason I talk about him is because I play MLB the show and I see his uh I see him in the free agency market or I'll see him in the news on there and all of that. Um Okay, okay. But that was our new segment over under our properly rated. Let us know if you have any suggest suggestions you want us to rate and I mean, I'll shit on your favorite people. I don't care. Nick does not care. I watched him talk shit on my grandpa two days after he died. Um, well, it needed to be done. He humbled me. Uh, matter of fact, this is the month he died, so this that I might start crying here soon. Uh, Nick, do your trivia. Make me laugh something. All right, so I have an <laughs> NBA question, NFL question, MLB question, WWE question, a pop culture question, and a bonus question. Let's get it. Each question is worth 100 points. So you could score 600 points. Okay. So each week we will do this, and we'll see if you can beat your high score. And then so, and then if I ever beat the high score, Nick is going to let me break one law. One law, yeah. One, Up to murder first. All right, let's get these questions out the way. Don't put them in, order, in a certain order. Just name them all, or just tell me the question. All right, so the NBA one, who's leading the league in points per game this season? LeBron James. No, sir. Kevin Durant. No, sir. Did you just name the two basketball players you know? Or uh, That taught Giannis. 
or Giannis. No. Okay, tell me who it is. Bradley Beal from who? St. Louis. Bradley Beal. He plays for the Washington Wizards. He's from St. Louis. I knew that. I, I actually didn't know that he was from St. Louis. Him and J. Tay. Jason. The NFL question. How many yards did Patrick Mahomes run in the Super Bowl to avoid getting sacked? Oh, 296? 296, 502, or 496? 496. That is correct. I remember I remember reading that, seeing that, that, and being like, damn, that dude almost ran 500 yards just to avoid a sack. Yeah, I... Yeah, I that's amazing. That was... I'd rather right, do it. MLB, name five current Cardinal players besides Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright. Um, Paul DeYoung. Okay. Nolan Arenado. Okay. Um, Goldie. Okay. I know the last name, but I don't know his first name. Hicks, the pitcher. Okay, I'll count it. Jordan Hicks? Yep. Okay. Um, what am I at? Three? Four. I'm at four. So I've said Nolan, Paul DeYoung, Goldie, Hicks. and Hicks. Um, Bader. There you go. Good for you. Here's some Bader. I'm not going to lie, dude. The only reason I know that is because me and Jimmy have been playing the show lately. <laughs> hey, however you get it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a B question? You will not know this. I found out the hardest one I could find. Okay. What's the longest unofficial match in WrestleMania history? Unofficial? Yep. Oh, fuck. Oh, it's um WrestleMania 17, that hardcore championship match that went on all night. I'm going to give it to you. It's WrestleMania 18, but it's the hardcore championship match. Two hours, 33 minutes, 34 seconds. Yeah, because it went on the whole fucking show. Yeah. Yep. I didn't think you'd get it. I almost didn't. I was getting worried. Pop culture. Who was the first winner of The Masked Singer? Wayne Brady. I don't think that's right. <laughs> no. No. I just remember oh, that was a, that was a random. That was a random answer. No, he was on the show. Or no, he was on like season two or three. Never mind. T Pain. Oh, T Pain, huh? T Pain's a very good singer. Who knew? Yeah, I'll be shocked if you know this one. Bonus question: It's history. Oh, Are you good at history? It was my favorite subject in high school. Yeah. Oh, when did Christopher Columbus set sail? What year? Seventeen sixteen. What did you say? 1716? Like, you're saying, like... <laughs> the year- 1716, you're saying, like... You're telling me, like, 60 years before, like... Oh, 60 years before, like, we became a country? Columbus set... Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492. <laughs> God, well... 300's not hard to beat, I guess, next time for you, huh? <laughs> wow. Um, you can't see jump- I'm drawing a sad face on it. <laughs> let's jump into the pop culture segment that I had, uh, where we focus on one actor and we discuss them for a couple questions. 
this week is Will Ferrell. Uh, question number one for Will Ferrell is, what's your favorite movie of his? I feel like Step Brothers has to be the answer. Uh, I'm a big fan of the other guys with him and Mark Wahlberg when they're cops. Yeah. Super funny. I'm... Uh, but probably Step Brothers has to be number one. It's a fucking Catalina wine mixer. Him and... um. I forgot the other actor's name in that movie, but they have amazing chemistry. John C. Riley. Yes. Oh, Talladega Nights is a fucking that's what banger. Talladega Nights. If you're not first, you're last, Bobby. If you don't uh, shoot Big Red, then fuck you. If you don't shoot Big Red, then fuck you. Uh, no, dude. Step Brothers. I remember I went through a phase in like seventh grade where I watched that movie every fucking night. I love it. I love Will Ferrell. I'm going to tell you, he's one of my favorite. He's very funny. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, question number two for him. Rate him one through ten as an actor. Not on looks, but as an actor. Oh, he's like a nine. I'm a niner. Niner. Yeah, I'd have to say I'd have to say somewhere between eight and nine also. Yeah, he's just in too many good movies not to get it much higher. And then, have you seen his uh, Saturday Night Live shit? Yeah, he's fucking hilarious. Yeah, dude, that dude can do fucking skits, too, which is impressive, that he can transition from skits to movies and still stay consistently good. Yeah, I agree. It's He's, he's a great actor. Great comedian. Question number three. How do you feel he did on The Office? Well, that should have been a thing. Okay. I'll tell you. D'Angelo or whatever. D'Angelo Vickers? Yep. Yeah, no, that was just bad. Uh, he didn't really get to play a good character. It just everybody was pissed because Michael was gone. Uh, it would have been better. Yeah, it was a bad if, time. If he was like a corporate person, or something. yeah, you just can't take over for Michael Scott and expect people to like you. Exactly. Like if he would have came in from corporate and been like, "All right, we're trying to find a new uh, manager here, general manager here," blah blah, blah that would have been cool. But they just kind of tossed him in the deep end, and like he only lasted like two episodes before they wrote him off, which is horrible. Before he tried to dunk and got the concussion or whatever. No, he got his fucking neck snapped by the hoop. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, just, bad things happen when you're white and you try to dunk. Minor concussion, and then a would you rather question of the episode? Would you rather? Have to eat your least favorite food once a day for the rest of your life, or never eat your favorite food ever again. Mm. Oh, that's so hard. So, my least favorite food is mushrooms. I pretty much can't eat a mushroom without thinking about throwing up. Favorite foods like Mexican food. I don't think I could. I would have to eat mushrooms every day. Like what? A mushroom every day. Yeah, and like you don't have to like if it, if your least favorite food is mushroom, yeah, just eat one mushroom a day. Yeah, I'll do that. All right, all right. I can't I, pass up my favorite food. I don't for eat, the rest of my life. I don't know what my least favorite food is, but I know that pizza is my favorite food, and I could not go the rest of my life without eating pizza. Yeah, it's impossible. What What are you gonna eat when we get our little get-togethers? No, exactly. Uh, but that's gonna do it for this episode, guys. Uh, what do we have? Six technical difficulties on the technical difficulties podcast, or thank God I'm off work tomorrow because I'm going to be up all night editing these all together and editing out fucking 
Shit. Um, but yeah, that's the first episode of Nick and Jake have a podcast. Nick and Jake TBD. Yeah, that's actually going to be the name for now. Now that you say that, Nick and Jake TBD A Cab. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah, I like that. Ooh. Ajab, all Jakes are bastards. I'm trying to think of something to put a a apa. All podcasts are all are bangers. Apap, all podcasts are bangers. Um, we'll figure this out. We'll figure it out eventually. Give us some time. Bear with us. But until then, uh. You can follow me on Twitter at your boy Squint. Follow me on Facebook at your boy Squint. Follow me on Facebook at Jake Noble. Instagram at Jake underscore Swoble. TikTok your boy Squint. Uh, Nick, just go somewhere in St. Louis and break a law. You might find them. Uh, yeah, you know, you'll find me. I'll find you. Yeah, you won't have to find him. He'll find you. With that being said, fuck the police. Have a great night. Anything you want? <laughs> Anything you have, Nick? No, peace out. All right, have fun. Good podcast. Yeah, even though it took us, I think we've been recording for an hour and a half, and uh, took us about seven, seven, eight tries. We'll get this together. We'll figure out our lives. We'll figure out our lives. Like I said, you'll be moving closer to me, so we'll be able to just do in person. Yes, sir. But I'll talk to you later. You guys have a great night. Peace.